Welcome to God's Work Displayed, Episode 6, Baptism. Welcome back to God's Work Displayed. This is Episode 6. This is going to be on Baptism. Now, originally you may have seen me post, and then I think on the last episode I said that I'd be doing both the ordinances this time around, but uh, for brevity's sake and to kind of hold people's attention a little bit better, um, to give you more time, we're just going to do baptism this um, episode, and then next episode we'll do the Lord's Supper. Uh, So I anticipate that this episode will be shorter than on the previous ones, and then likewise with the Lord's Supper. So... Uh, If you haven't had a chance, though, please go and subscribe to the podcast, rate and review if possible, uh, and join our Facebook webpage, uh, God's Work Display. Uh, Additionally, if you have questions or want to contact me, you can email me, all one word, godsworkdisplayed at gmail.com. So, like I said, this episode is going to be on the baptism. This is one of what we call ordinances, one of the um, real special things that we do in church that was ordained by the Lord uh, that's very unique. So uh, one of the things we have to address is how do you baptize someone who has severe and profound intellectual disabilities? And and so with that typically comes uh, lots of physical issues such as they may have a g-tube or a j-tube they may have some issues with getting going underwater even you know just the concerns about that uh, just the some of the logistics of surrounding that issue so we're going to look at that and address that but this will also cover people who don't have just intellectual disabilities uh, it'll cover a wide gamut of disabilities that we have to look at and address Now, I just want to say that there are certain things I'm going to say at the beginning. I'll try not to repeat, but I need you to know as we go through this episode, I hold to what's called believer's baptism or credo baptism. I believe that only believers should be baptized, That, um, and so I don't accept the other forms. Um, Additionally, I think that uh, just like the Reformers said and really what's implied in in Scripture is that a true church will perform these ordinances, they will baptize, and likewise they will do the Lord's Supper. And so uh, those are things that we're going to address, or I'm not going to address any further after this. So the big question is, should we baptize people with severe and profound intellectual disabilities? The simple and easy answer is yes, we should. We should baptize those who are believers. Uh, we'll get into a later episode about how we kind of discern um, the evidences of grace of somebody um, that has severe, profound intellectual disability. But for this episode, we're assuming that you've discerned that already. And so how do we proceed from there? So we're going to read from first from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, to just begin about why we baptize. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we see that Jesus has established that they, the disciples and all of us who follow uh, in the disciples' teachings, the apostles' teaching, one of the commands, part of the command of the Great Commission is to baptize. And there's a trinity formula that goes on there of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So then the question is, how do you baptize? What does baptism look like? Well, I'm a Baptist, um, but not, I'm a Baptist because of partly because of how I view baptism. Um, so for those of you who don't know, that there, in Greek, in the New Testament, the word that's translated as baptize is the verb baptizo. Okay, you should hear it. Baptize, baptizo. And they're very sim similar. And the reason they do that is because the translators are kind of lazy. <laughs> and they just, what we call transliterated. They just basically took letter for letter and made the same word. So it doesn't, so for us in English, we interpret that all kinds of different ways. What I genuinely believe that baptizo, the verb baptizo means throughout most of the New Testament when it's referring to people um, believing in Jesus and the response they have, and even with John the Baptist when he was baptizing people, is that is it is indicating immersion into water. And we're not going to go into all the details about that. That's a different issue. You can email me about that if you want. But that's what I believe. I believe that the ideal is to immerse in water, so go down and then break up out of the water. Uh, historically, we know that uh, that was what was happening throughout the early church. And in fact, all, as far as I know, all major denominations of Christians would say that that is, the, that is a proper mode to use. And mode is, is, is the method, uh, and that's a common theological term regarding um, baptism, is the mode. So what is the proper mode? I would say that ideally the proper mode is full immersion. However, we do know that historically there were some other options. And the reason we have to turn to historical issues is because Scripture does not give us a lot of other options. It does not forbid other ways. I'll say that much. Um, and because I believe that the baptism does not save. I mean, we can look at a lot of examples of why it doesn't, how it problematic to say that is. Um, but I'm going to say that, so I'm believer's baptism. So it is not going to save a person, but it is what we call a means of grace. It helps us grow in Christ's likeness. So the reason we get baptized is that we are obeying Christ. This is a way for believers to obey Christ to follow him in baptism and because he's commanded people to be baptized. So then we have to try to allow every believer to be baptized. So we have to ask the question, well how how do we how do we do that? What are our options? So like I said, we the scripture doesn't really give us a lot of clarification on that. But we also thankfully um in the 1800s, there was a early church document that was discovered. 
and it's called the Didache. And it is um, from really early on, third uh, century, I think. Uh, I could be wrong. You can email me at God's Work Display if you <laughs> disagree with me. So it's called the Didache, or the Teaching of the Apostles, uh, the Teaching of the Twelve. And in chapter 7 of this, and these chapters are very, very short. It's kind of like Bible chapters sometimes with verses. And so in chapter 7, the Didache actually um, tells some of the, the way that you should think through, the flow chart you should think through of how to baptize somebody. So I'm going to read through chapter 7. There's seven verses, uh, and then we'll kind of break that down. So in chapter 7, verse Starting in verse 1. But concerning baptism, thus shall you baptize. Having first taught all these things, baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in living or running water. But if you have not living water, then baptize in other water. And if you are not able and cold, then in warm. And if you have neither, then pour water on the head thrice, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But before the baptism, let him who baptized and him who is baptized fast, and any others also who can. And you shall order him who is baptized to fast a day or two before. So that's the dedicate. So kind of a description of what's happening. Is first, so you should baptize, obviously. And just like we read in Matthew uh, 28, Specifically in verse 19, it says to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Didache uh, echoes that, or really just repeats it almost verbatim. And that may be a translation difference. It's the reason why it's not verbatim. So we're to baptize, and then, and then it specifies in living or running water. So you think a creek or uh, a river, which would have been more common in that time. And people here in the United States... That happens. So that's that's the more ideal methodology. But if you don't have a creek or a river, then you would um, baptize in other water. So I think they're thinking of a pool or a pond, or like many of us have a baptistry. So a, basically a bathtub in your in your church building. And it's supposed to be cold water too. So <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are not happy with that. But if you can't have cold water, then you do warm water. So that's, uh, I just find that amusing, and I'm sure some of you would. Um, but if you do are not able to baptize, if you have neither, and so I think this is where it gives us the, the luxury to say, okay, we can't put them fully under in our still pools that we have, our baptistries. So we are given another option. We're to pour water on the head three times. So we would pour water and say it's in the name of the Father, then pour water again in the name of the Son, then pour water a third time in the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And so it's kind of given us a nice little option here because uh, all the individuals I worked with that had severe and profound intellectual disabilities, that I can recall if we needed to get their hair wet to wash their hair, we would get their hair wet. We would spray them off. We would have them lean back and spray off. And so it's something you can do. This is very doable. To, to set up um, without a lot of health issues. Now, that being said, we do, when we have a believer who is a potential, has the potential to be baptized, we do need to consult with their 
their medical uh, professionals. So we need to go to their doctor, we need to talk to some of their therapists and say, hey, this is, they're showing that they want to do this, we want to do this, we want to baptize them, can we do full immersion? If they say yes, then you, please do a full immersion. But if the doctor says no, they can't, they have a G-tube, it's not going to work, let's say, then okay, then we go to the next option. Then you say, doctor, okay, so if they can't do that, uh, will there be any issues with that? They might have a skin condition that you have to address, okay? So I don't know. But most of the, I would say the majority of cases, that's still going to be okay. It's going to be really rare that you would, they would say no. And then you would have to and maybe sprinkle water or flick some water like some groups do. That would be the least of what you would want, the least ideal. <clears throat> so we would then pour, pour water on their head. Now that's going to upset some people that you're not doing full immersion, but um, I want to let people be as fully members of the congregation as they can be while still being obedient to Christ and still, um, but not putting their their health in danger when it doesn't need to be. It's not, a, it's not going to change the condition of their soul. So that's the good news. There are some other options there that we can do. Um, and so try to do that. And when you baptize them, however mode or form you, it takes, you, make, you need to make it a huge celebration. And I would invite their people that, they, that help them out, if they live in a group home or something, like that, invite all the people in their group home to be there, please. Invite their medical professionals. When you have that talk with the doctor and the other medical professionals about whether or not you can do a baptism, please invite them. Encourage them to come and see what you what's happening, what's going on. They'll hear the gospel too. This is a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel with way more people than you would have expected. So that that's one of those great things. Um, and so this is this is a way in a lot of churches, this is how somebody enters into membership. So this is a big deal too, because then they become members. And I'll, uh, at a later date, we'll talk about membership, and, and that will kind of go along with uh, discerning the evidences of grace. Uh, and so, th- so it's really, it's not that complicated of an issue, but it is an important issue of how do we baptize somebody with severe and profound intellectual disability? And uh, so, full immersion if you can, uh, pour water on their head if you can't, and make a big celebration. And I would highly recommend that if you have an ability to, to go to your church and to encourage them to get these options in writing, policy and stuff, so that if that comes up later on, that they can address that. Uh, You might have somebody that comes along who's had a stroke. Uh, It's an elderly person, and maybe it's not safe for them to be fully immersed for lots of reasons. When they come to faith later in their life, well, then you've got that policy in place. Uh, somebody has a brain injury, they can't be fully immersed. Same, same solution. It's really a beautiful thing that we can, we can do that, and we still meet their, the, still allow them to experience this means of grace. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pray and close us out. And uh, thanks for listening. And um, I'll be back soon, uh, hopefully in a few days with the next episode on the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we are thankful that you call us uh, to be your sons and daughters 
through the marvelous and saving work of Jesus Christ that though we are sinners, Jesus took our sin on, on him on the cross and that we no longer bear it, but he bore it for us and he uh, defeated sin and death when he rose from the grave three days later and that he is at your right hand that he is med- mediating for us, that he is our advocate, and that he is calling us to draw near. And one of the ways he calls us to draw near is through baptism uh, as we begin our, our Christian walk. So give us strength in this walk and give us courage to press on. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.